Welcome to Answer the Call, the podcast that helps Christians discern their callings, then practically land a job that's aligned with it. I'm your host, Kelsey Kemp, an ex-tech consultant, multi-time founder, six-figure entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, and career coach over at thecalledcareer.com. We don't skim the surface around here. I know what it's like to feel stuck in a career path that just wasn't for me. So that's why since 2018, I've devoted myself to being here with you, sharing everything I know from helping hundreds of professionals make meaningful career pivots of their own. Anywhere from New York to New Zealand, lawyers to high school teachers, 21 to 65 years old. Now it's time for your story. Here at Answer the Call, you'll see weekly episodes on faith, mindset, clarifying your calling, top job search strategies, and even a few lessons on entrepreneurship for those of you who feel called to start a business. Enjoy today's episode, and if you would, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe at the end. Cheering you on, always. Let's go. Well, good morning. It is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023, when I'm recording this. And I just woke up this morning and got to study the Bible with a friend. And I was also going through my own prayers about, you know, various things that are on my mind right now in my own life. And as I was thinking about starting off answer the call again after a long time away i was thinking what do i want to launch this season with well let's call it a perpetual season because um i am back for good and i'm really really excited to produce weekly podcasts for y'all and i thought i could go the marketing route where i'm like okay what's going to be a really catchy topic um But ultimately, through prayer, I realized, why don't I just come from the angle of what do I think will resonate with people the most and what would be the most helpful? And just in my own life and who God has given me to serve right now, I really feel like the topic of how to move through resistance and what to do when you're feeling stuck or frustrated or like you're spinning out, what do you do then? And someone asked me that yesterday and I kind of thought, oh, I don't know, hire a good therapist. I'm scared. <laughs> like, I don't feel qualified to talk on this topic. Um, but as I prayed through it this morning, oh my gosh, my hand cramped up as I, <laughs> I have a lot of notes to talk through and I pray that God keeps me honest to the exact things that he has given me to say. Um, but Here's what came to mind. First was, I, (laughs) okay, I did have a very classic, like, flip open the Bible and you see something that's like, whoa, that's exactly what I need kind of moment. And that was in Psalm 107. And before I really get into the, like, meat and fire of what, um, I'd like to say on this topic of how to move through resistance and what to do when you just feel like massively resistant to do the things that you know would be good for you, or you've convinced yourself that you're super stuck and you have no idea what to do, when in reality, you probably do know at least some things or people to reach out to or something to pray 
to just get started with, what do you do? And so I'll read Psalm 107, actually the whole thing, because I think it'll be encouraging before getting into my notes. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and south. Some wandered in the desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Give, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfied the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron and chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despite and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. Some because became some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued, I think that's interesting. He sent out his word and healed them. That kind of gets into what I'm going to talk more about. But anyway, verse 20, he sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the high waters, on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up the, a tempest that lifted the high waves. And they mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. If their In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits end. I wonder if you resonate with that, being at your wits end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned the rivers into a desert. 
flowing springs into thirsty ground and fruitful land into salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, where they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards. They yielded a fruit harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their hand herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression and calamity and sorrow. He pours out the contempt on nobles, made them wander in trackless waste, but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouth. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. The first thing I take from that is remember that if you kind of trembled at all the times that in this psalm, it clearly identifies that God is the one that, you know, he turned a river into a wasteland and like kind of stirred up the tempest and it was a rough time. Remember that God is good and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And just like it says in Job, like, blessed is the Lord. And who am I to say is God is the one that gives and takes away in his goodness. And it's, he says, blessed are the ones who are needy, not the noble. Did you catch that at the end? He pours contempt out on the nobles and makes them wander in their trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. And it's those upright that we'll see and rejoice. And, and I think of blessed are the poor in spirit. So if you're feeling poor in spirit right now, this is holy ground. You are at the moment where you have the gift of being, having all the sincerity in the world as you genuinely get to cry out to the Lord right now. And so what I wanted to talk about was what does it look like to cry out to the Lord and receive his help? Um, and talks about, I'm also thinking in Isaiah of how, how quick he is to answer the moment he hears your cry, uh, read um, Isaiah 30 and 31 for more encouragement on that. And you will, it also says, and in that time you will, he will reveal your teachers to you and tell you which way to go, whether to the right or to the left. Um, so Isaiah 30 and 31 will be encouraging to you as well. But what does it look like to cry out to the Lord in your trouble? Whether you feel stuck or confused or just angry with where you're at right now, or you know some things that you could do, but you're like, I don't want to reach out to strangers on LinkedIn. I just want to resume drop one thing to a really cool looking company and get an interview and have a slam dunk. And then how many of us know that our job searches don't often turn out that way and it's longer than we wished, but it's such a refining process that God gets to show like his wonderful deeds through for mankind through. So anyway, this is a holy moment. Cry out to the Lord in your trouble and he will lead you by a straight way to the land that you desire to settle in. That's what it said um, when you read um, Psalm 107, 6 through 9. Um, and so in crying out to the Lord, I want to give you this simple framework. Confess 
start with confession and then ask, okay, there, you have it. That's how I really feel. That's what I'm going through. And honestly, this is what I'm believing right now. And this is what that means about what I'm believing about you, God. Like I kind of honestly, when I look at all the things that I'm fearing right now or all the things I'm mad about, I'm kind of just really disappointed that you haven't delivered me yet. And I feel like you're just not going to give me good things. And I feel like you're mean or I feel like you give good stories to other people, but not me. Lay that out, the whole thing in full confession so he could purify and give you love through all of it. Purely start your prayer with confession. And then don't, I would actually really encourage you to change your prayer pattern from what I commonly have done myself and hear most other people say. If they do, um, being that if anyone ever does really just like full on boldly David like in the Psalms confess and lay it out on the Lord what you're feeling what you're going through right now what you're believing and what you're fearing and what that means about God I often encounter people saying okay and please just administer truth to me please help me realize that you're good um please dot 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 thank you so much amen and I'm like in what part of that did you like pause and expect the Lord of the universe to deliver on his promise to speak to you and answer you in your cry. You kind of like punted that down the road and did not actually ask God, what do you want me to know about that? How fast is he to administer truth and wisdom? He will not always give instructions, but he will always deliver on his promise to give you wisdom. And one thing is, if you feel like in that pause, after you lay all that out to the Lord and you ask, just don't let yourself say, please, dot, 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 anything. Just full on go into, God, there it is. What do you want me to know about this right now? What do you want me to know right now? And if in that you are a little concerned about like, oh, you know, I kind of just got like a generic churchy answer. Um, and, or I don't know, maybe that's just my own thoughts. Ask again, say, God, I don't want my own mental chatter. I don't want to doubt that this is you. I want you to speak to me right now. What do you want me to know right now? And just pause. Just pause. And it, again, if it's like, if you got something that felt a little bit more authentic and not like a trained, like, I love you, trust God, churchy answer, and you got something a little bit more authentic feeling the next time, but it still feels vague, ask him again, God, what else do you want me to know about this? Contend with the Lord. Show that you actually like participate as if you actually wanted a relationship with him because he sure as heck wants one with you, like without a shadow of a doubt. How delighted he is when his people and his children come to him. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Wow, how awesome. So... I again, wisdom is what he gives freely, especially through knowledge of his word. And so uh, like, I really also want to underscore that by just 
taking a faithful step every day to consume something, however big or however small, from the Bible, without a doubt, you will become the kind of person who hears from the Lord because you also can discern between his voice and your mental chatter because you know who he is and the kind of things he says and the kind of decisions he likes to make and what he thinks and what his will is for your life because by his grace, you live in a time where you have a canonized Bible for like 30 bucks from Amazon. So you get to know all that stuff. Um, So remember that, okay, Kelsey, stick to your notes. Um, (laughs) Instructions he doesn't always give um, because they don't help you become, and this is different, wisdom he always gives direct step-by-step Here's exactly how your life is going to work. Here's what to do before the slam dunk instructions like a roadmap is not always what we get because by his grace, he knows that instructions don't help you become who you're supposed to become. And the life God has created for us is much more about who you're becoming than what you're doing because who you are informs what you do. How can you even know like what part you're meant to play in this world if you don't know what part in the body of Christ you are? And maybe you haven't even like really embodied that part and who you really are. It's not just about answering reflection questions. It's actually just about sloughing off all of the lies and the um, sin that separates you from God. And of course, like uh, you can't separate yourself from your own sin, um, but God can. When you confess and repent and return to him, he is the one that clothes you in Christ's righteousness so that literally when God the Father looks at you, he sees you through the lens of Jesus Christ. Because Christ, it says in Romans, you like those who confess and repent and believe with their mouth, uh, confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over all of your life. You are now made new. So anyway, um, And if you, like, again, my point was, life is way more about who you're becoming than what you're doing. And if you stay on this path of diligently day by day for years, start now and never stop. Like learning about God, opening his word, praying, confessing, receiving clarity from him, putting your burdens on him and he will take them away, then one day you will realize that you became the kind of person who does what they're supposed to do and doesn't overthink things too much because likely you already know some tasks that would be helpful for you to do today at any given time. You just don't want to do them because you wish that you had arrived already. You don't want to live the middle valley part of the story And like, gosh, how deeply do I feel this? (laughs) How deeply do I feel this with you if you're resonating? Um, Like, who really wants to live like the valley in the story? We just want to have the arrival moment. And a lot of our resistance, I think, just comes from like, 
I don't want to have to reach out to people on LinkedIn today. I don't want to wordsmith my resume one more time. I don't want to put myself out there in an interview that I don't know is going to work yet. I want God to tell me before I apply to a job that I am going to get that job. I don't want to have to step out in faith and ambiguity and feel like my efforts are wasted when in reality, in the end, in the end, in the end, you will know that all things have worked out for your good. All things work out to the good of those who, um, God works all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things did he stutter. So maybe the resistance you're experiencing right now, it's because you just want to have arrived already and you're mad that you're at the beginning or in the middle instead of the end, but God will give you the encouragement and provision you need every day. Sometimes in my life have felt so hard and I've just been so mad and like so in resistance um, because, you know, can I just say like, I really felt like um, I wanted to emphasize this to a lot of people I've gotten to speak with recently because since um, a lot of people I know now have known that some really amazing things have happened this year and honestly I am living in a season of prayers fulfilled right now like right now is definitely a mountaintop moment where I've gotten to give a TED talk um, uh, actually about a month ago in early March. Uh, I got to fulfill my life dream of giving a TED talk. I like the called career is doing extremely well. Um, I'm starting another business. I actually started another real estate business on the side and like I'm freaking loving entrepreneurship right now. And like, this is who I was made to be. I've known this some from like a very, very, like since I was a little girl, this is who I was made to be. Um, but like for so much of my life, I felt like a loser and I was having a really hard time and I hated my job and I didn't know what to do. And I felt like that person who had all these dreams in them, but like none of them were going to happen because like I wasn't cool enough and I was in resistance and I was depressed and I wasn't really, my business was going super slowly. So like literally I was living at or below the poverty line for like three years <laughs> after quitting my tech consulting job in which I was doing like very well according to the world standards. And I also plot twist, like not plot twist, looked like an idiot because I was like a 24, 25, 26 year old that was trying to like help people with their callings and I hadn't like totally figured out my messaging yet and I didn't have all the testimonials and like, I didn't even blame people when they were like, good luck, <laughs> because I kind of saw like, and I got what it looked like, but I was like, no, like, this is what the Lord has given me to do. And I just trusted that if I kept on going, I was like, God, okay, I'll do it. I'll quit. I'll go for it. And I will give this five years in which I am not allowed to stop trusting that at some point in those five years, you will pick things up and all of those seeds of very humble effort and very humble time will have been worth it without and doubt in my mind for the rest of my life. And it was true, but I, like, I, you know, there was sweet times in all that struggle and there's still struggle, you know, I'm not in heaven yet. Um, but I still experience a lot of resistance, but through all that training ground, I can't go back and like 
on what God has taught me that I know that I know. I like I've become more of the kind of person that is willing to do small or mundane things because it's kind of exciting because I know what's coming. I'm like, oh, well, this is just going to work out for me instead of like waiting for silver bullets or waiting for um, God. Like I'm going to I'm going to wait and I want perfect peace and perfect instructions from God before I go out and do something. When I just like, you know, through wisdom and time, God has taught me that that's like truly not really how life works. He'll give you something like, be faithful in the details, reach out to this person, but like, that's kind of (laughs) it. But he will lead you along the straight path, but you might not even know that you're on a straight path right now. Actually, I guarantee most of us kind of feel like we're not on a straight path, but like, if you trust the Lord, he works all things out to your good. So, okay, let's get back to the notes. Um, So I say all this because I see that when clients get struck, stuck and frustrated and spun up, because remember, like my day-to-day reality is very much like sitting with people, celebrating, working out the tough parts, highs and lows. Like I see so many job searches, like very, very up close. And this, uh, the next coming episodes, you're going to hear a lot of really amazing client testimonies. And you're going to hear how well they're doing now and what they achieved and where they started and how awesome it is given where they are now. But I've asked every client to also be extremely honest about their story and like what sucked and when it took longer than they wanted or when like all the times that they thought, oh, finally, this is the job, Kelsey. Can't wait to get my offer letter. And then they didn't. But how God was still faithful in the end. So anyway, like I get to see clients all the time feeling stuck, frustrated, spun up, spinning out, hating it, hating the process, wanting like just a quick fix. And it's often not necessarily a practical issue. Yes, I could point to the fact that I'm like, okay, well, you didn't really do your homework. Okay, yeah, I mean, I did say re- use this template and reach out to this many people. And it really, like, I have make it made it simple enough for you. So it's really like clicking buttons with only a little bit of critical thinking. And still, that's not the problem, really. The t- technically, the problem isn't that they're not doing that. There's a problem that's creating that problem. And that is a mindset or a faith issue. Because I, I think that a lot of resistance comes from like, uh, well, one, I'm just mad at where I'm at. And two, I want so badly the result to just come that I'm starting to wonder, I'm starting to have a hard time trusting that there's any use in me doing anything because I think I'm just going to always get more disappointed for the rest of my life until I die. <laughs> and it's like, maybe maybe none of this is worth it. So maybe I'll just stay with the reality I know right now, rather than taking some humble, uncomfortable steps to move out of this onto higher ground with patience and persistence. And so it's often, I see it like a mindset or a faith issue at the root. It's not that their problem is with me or with themselves. Like honestly, at the very root, it's kind of with God. And it's because it's with God for not giving them the good life already. And I have so much compassion for you in that discomfort. 
And at this critical point, at this moment right now, this holy ground. P.S. I also love that it's Holy Week right now. <laughs> I'm so excited for Easter. It's like become my favorite holiday since I've really gotten to know the Lord. It's so amazing. But anyway, at this holy point, your faith can be decided today. Will you surrender? Stop just desperately grasping for everything, but also like nothing at the time. I, at the same time, because I've witnessed some people, they just like start going to other advice or listen to a ton of podcasts, but they do nothing with the information they're given, or they'll spend a bunch of money on a coach like me, but then not do the things I'm suggesting. Will you surrender? Stop just grasping for ideas and rather do what you know you could do today and trust God? Or will you sit there and confess? Or, and will you sit there and confess? God, here's what I'm going through right now. You want me to cry out to you? I'm going to cry out to you with all I've got. Are you ready? Okay. Well, God, here's what I'm going through right now. And here's how I really feel about it. And here's what I want. But here's how I feel about not getting it. And it's been a long time now. And you know what? In the past, I just feel like I've really gotten disappointed. And I see other people. And I got into this program because I like heard podcasts and I heard Kelsey's other client stories, but I'm really believing that it's not, it's good for them. Must, they just must have gotten lucky, but it's not for me apparently. So thanks. And then say, that's how I feel. What do you want me to know about this right now, God? What do you want me to know? right now and then as you hear from him and trust him and even if you know you're really not used to talking to God like this and maybe a little something comes at first and by the way let me say very explicitly I highly recommend that you actually talk these things out there is power in what you speak out and also, if you're kind of in a rut in praying, if you go on a drive and say all these things out loud, out loud in the car, that will really help. Because I noticed that when I just, I'm kind of feeling stuck with God, internally praying in my thought life doesn't really help that much. <laughs> um, and I just end up getting distracted or like not really having, like sharing what I really feel in depth. So say it out loud, please. I mean, you're already here. You might as well like literally cry out to the Lord so you could receive all that promise that you heard in Psalm 107. And then with what you hear, even if it's right then or as you're on a walk the next day, trust him to come to you. Trust him to speak to you. And then decide to be faithful with what he says. Start there. And if you have a follow-up question for God, because you're like, oh, that was vague. Like I said, ask him again or, and say like, what else do you want me to know? Okay, awesome. Listen, what else do you want me to know? <laughs> and then guess what? From now 
until you see Jesus face to face, this is life. And honestly, this has been my favorite, most transformational way to pray that, um, like, I really, if you know nothing else to do, do this. But why all this? I just want to say, like, we're 30 minutes into the podcast. Why have I said everything that I've said so far? It's because if you don't trust the God of the universe with your life and do what he says, like in the basic things and the big things, why on earth would you trust me or someone else who's giving you advice who is trying to follow him? Even like experts who, you know, they're like tried and true. If you really just do these things, you know, if you just contribute to your retirement, even 200 bucks a month from the starting in your 20s, you're going to be a millionaire no matter what. Like, honestly. <laughs> but like, how many of us do that? <laughs> um, and it's just like, life really is won and lost in the small things. And those small things, doing actually doing them is sponsored by an attitude of trust and trust that the long-term reward is far more worth it than our hedonistic, fearful, unfaithful, momentary pleasures that we grasp at. And what you do every day is who you become. And at first, it's going to feel like a month of cold showers. I hated it. I still hate it, kind of. You probably hate it. I'm not jealous of you in this time. Like I've been there so many times, but sure enough, all of a sudden you're going to be like the tech bro that's talking about your macros and you're like, yeah, I'm just super into health now. And my career is like absolutely popping off. And, (laughs) and like, you're going to be giving other people advice because you're like, oh my gosh, I am the person that like saves money, eats well, does what I said I'm going to do. And when you do those small things, if you don't do those small things, like first off, I don't really know why your like grand highest purpose in life would be revealed if the bases aren't covered. Like literally, I think the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is like so God given because it's like such a great symbol for like, honestly, you do kind of need to like have your bases covered, but then also like be faithful and get your bases covered with like the little things. And then you could start asking the bigger questions. So I hope that you're inspired through this to just start small and receive the joy and encouragement that he has for you today. Because when life is tough, honestly, I have had to wake up and the very first thing that I feel when I hear my alarm is a pit in my stomach and a deep exhale of like, and in that, before I take a breath, I'm so grateful that the Lord had guided me to just start desperately asking, God, give me the encouragement that I need for today. And sure enough, he would. And those seasons, like, honestly, like, tough times always last longer than I want them to, (laughs) you know? Um, Because they're tough times and I didn't want them there in the first place. (laughs) But he will get you through. So, again, if you don't trust the God of the universe with your life and 
for good things and you don't trust him with his small commands and his big commands, why would you trust him with his specific word for you? Especially when it's something like Genesis 12, um, like when uh, Abraham receives uh, the call from the Lord to go out to a land that I will show you, a land where I will prosper you and multiply you and all of these things. Did God say exactly what the land was and how soon Abraham would get there? No. He said, set out, leave your family, leave your crops, leave all this, the comfort of your land to the land I will show you on the way. That is how God works. And the sooner we accept that, the sooner we could receive his joy by just accepting the rules. <laughs> and we could see his work which and his majesty in working through the way he created our lives to be structured. So in him, we live and move and have our being. He created the earth and hat and everything in it. He created your life and marked out your time in history and the boundaries. Excuse me. Sorry. That was so gross. I'm probably not going to edit that out. I just burped. Um, but in, he created your life and marked out your time in history. Read Acts uh, chapter 17. I think it's starting in verse 20 around there. And then through to the end, it says, um, I'm going to paraphrase. He marked out your time in history and the boundaries of your lands so that you would serve him. No, 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 no. That's not what it says. It doesn't like it actually, that passage, it actually says as if God is served by human hands. He doesn't need your handiwork for him. He doesn't need you to redeem the earth. He is doing that. But when you realize that he created you because he wants to love you and for you to love him back, he wants a relationship with you that's genuine and deep and the most passionate relationship you've ever had. Then you'll become the kind of person that from the joy of your heart does the most inspired tasks the world has ever seen. And so from the joy of your heart, because you know that God doesn't need you to do anything, but because you want to and you want to just create because you've become who you were created to be, which is made in the image of God, which we see in Genesis chapter one is he is first a creator. And he is a relational being. And I I just so bet and guarantee that as you realize and just pursue your relationship with him, you will look more like him. And, <laughs> and so know that the purpose of your life is not necessarily to serve him. It's to know him. And when you relax into that, the fact and relax into that fact and start every morning going to the garden of his presence, you could have joy and purpose in what you're doing and where you're at right now in the journey, no matter what. How else do you think that Christians who have gone before you throughout all of time have had a smile on their face as they died on a cross, burned at the stake, or been starved or tortured while upholding the name of the Lord? This is how those who truly know the Lord and are close to him are able to say, death, where is your sting? Death, where is your sting? So how much more can we say rejection is where is your sting? Long task list, where is your sting? Confusion, where is your sting? Waiting, where is your sting? 
discomfort of reaching out to 100 strangers on LinkedIn. Where is your sting? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. For his grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in weakness. Actually, let, I'm flipping. I'm flipping there. Let's read this banger. Second uh, Corinthians 12. We know it. We love it. Let's go. Okay. So Paul is talking and he says, I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, i.e. because he says like, I'm actually a baller. I've been like so faithful throughout my life. Um, And so I could boast, but I'm not going to, but I would refrain so that no one would think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations that the Lord has given him. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you and for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I will delight in weaknesses in insults in hardships in persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong in Christ. Don't you love it? I just realized that this is literally what happens. Thanks God for tying all this together. See, you're the one. Oh, this is amazing. Let God just perfectly tied this back in with one Psalm 107 that I read in the beginning, because what was Paul doing? He was going through a hard time. Well, he was going through a good time and then a bad time and then a good time and then a bad time, just like we saw over and over again in Psalm 107. And when he was going through a, a bad time of torment, he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. He cried out to the Lord. And what happened? God answered. Can you imagine Paul saying, this thorn is so painful. This is so humiliating. I need you to take this away. I'm so hurt that this is in my life. But God, what do you want me to know about this right now? And God says, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And this is what Paul, through that prayer and that relationship with God, pins in this book for us to read right now. How many more testimonies will God give you to give other people through your own moments of falling on your knees and crying out to the Lord and just saying, here it is. Here's how I feel. What do you want me to know about this right now? God will speak. God will speak. So, (laughs) I wrote in my notes and I'll finish up. Um, Kind of. Do you think that the Apostle Paul is the only one who consistently experienced thorns, but also has power through Christ to literally delight in them? No, this is available for all of us. You have to choose. Will you allow your thorns to make you cynical and separated from God and harden 
your heart so that you no longer believe in a good story for your life, but you feel like you have to take it into your own hands and go your own own way. And like the Old Testament says so many times, be like the Israelites who went to Egypt and counted their horses and chariots for their own strength rather than relying on the Lord as their strength. Take that very seriously. You literally get to choose in that way with your free will, how your life is going to go. Are you buying into that story? Or will you trust in his plan for your life, delight in what God gets to show you about himself in your weakness and surrender and just do what you could do and move forward with today? In the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, chapter 25, will you be the servant? I think it starts in verse 14, that parable. Um, Parable of the talents. Will you be the servant who was scared to move forward and invest and take risks and get returns on his uh, master's money that was entrusted to him as the master was going on and on a long journey? So he just buried it in the ground and waited for his master to come back since he didn't receive any instructions. So he was like, I'll just not take rest and play it safe because my master is a shrewd man and I don't want him to get angry with me. How many of us are actually treating our bosses that way, by the way, and like not taking a lot of action because you're like, I'm scared of doing things wrong. That is not efficient and not honoring to your employer. And this is also like just a metaphor for life. So he waited that are you going to be the unfaithful servant who was so scared and he didn't know what to do and he's like I didn't receive direct instructions he just gave me some coins and I didn't know and or will you be the one one of the two servants the faithful servants in that parable who said well okay he gave this to me entrusted this to me while he's on the journey which is life by the way before Jesus comes back I guess I should get up and do something today to make a return on the resources and opportunities and abilities and relationships and stations in life that he's given me to steward. If you choose the first, you will hear, you wicked and lazy servant, what little you have will, I'm quoting, I think, I don't know, I quoted this from memory in my, um, paraphrase it from memory rather in my journal, you wicked and lazy servant, what little you have will be taken away and given to those who will do something essentially with what I give them. Or if you choose to be one of the faithful servants, you will be told, this is what I dream, like life purpose statement. I would just want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. So I will put you in charge of many things. If you are faithful with the few things you have right now, You will be put in charge of many things, including big dreams. I believe that with all of my being, I could scream into this microphone. If you are faithful with the little things you have right now, you will be trusted with big things. And even if that's years from now, what are two years in your life in the grand scheme of things? What are three years of sacrifice? What are five years of desert? If you get to receive the joy of the Lord and have an undeniable experience of his provision and power, and calling over your life, you will become the kind of person that just like freaks out with joy that you will not be able to forget the rest of your life. Stay faithful in the small things and remember that, do you want to be happy? I want to be happy. Remember 
that parable of the talents. It ends with the master saying, I like, I will, uh, because you've been faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Now come and share in your master's happiness. And some other themes in that um, chapter uh, 25, you'll see there's this theme of like, he lays out a feast and he prepares a room in heaven for you. For those that are faithful. And again, this could be applied to like spiritual and just like, you know, like generally just be a faithful person in all areas of your life and like do good things in your career. But ultimately, ultimately remember the theme that like we don't need to do things for God. But if we're faithful in doing the little things, we kind of become the person that realizes everything is spiritual. Anyway, I digress. So in wrapping up, confess, repent. And if you're feeling stuck right now, confess, repent where you're at and ask God what he wants you to know right now. Then do something with it. Even if you set a timer and just take 10 minutes of simple action today, then just do that today and the next day and don't stop. Just putting one foot in front of the other until one day you wake up and realize you have become the kind of person who can be trusted to be faithful with little things so God can trust you with the big things you've been praying for and dreaming of forever. Forever. The only way out is through and I'm praying for you. So let's get going. All right. Well, that was a doozy of a first episode back in like a a year. Um, And I pray that this served you. I trust that this is the thing that was helpful for me to serve right now. Um, And I am really excited for the variety of amazing testimonies and stories and other instructional episodes that are coming your way starting again next week. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To get an even more meaningful head start into your calling, head to thecultcareer.com, where my fellow career coach Audrey and I have created a whole suite of free resources and tools to help you get clear and get a job today. For those who are definitely ready to land a job or start a business in the next six to 12 months, we're here to help you biblically and practically discern your calling through coaching, reflection, and deep market research. Identify the job that's aligned with it. Even if you currently have no idea what you want, rebrand your resume and LinkedIn to translate your background to appeal to your future boss. P.S. We take this off your plate and do this for you. Also, we'll teach you how to land referrals and get attention from leadership through networking. Again, if that makes you nervous, we have these emails and LinkedIn messages literally written for you so you don't have to sweat. We're also here to give you unlimited interview practice so you're prepared to address every elephant in the room and knock selling yourself out of the park. Then we'll round out with helping you negotiate your salary so you land thousands more. Just so you know, recent clients have gotten eight to $50,000 salary increases, even though they were totally non-traditional candidates. That's because we specialize in helping non-traditional career pivoters land jobs they're ecstatic to serve in. It takes work, but we're here to see you through until 
the end. When we're celebrating that day that you send me an email in all caps and you say, Kelsey, I got the job, then you could be on the podcast. But I'll be here until then, keeping you accountable and encouraged by meeting with you literally until you land the job you want, even if that's up to six months from now within our program. Apply to join at thecalledcareer.com and I'll see you next week here at Answer the Call. Bye for now.